of Virtual Coffee. My name is Alexa Collier and on this podcast I chat with innovative and accomplished small business owners and early career professionals. We talk about their journeys to launching their businesses, their passions, their pieces of advice. You can follow us along on all social medias. It's all at Virtual Coffee Podcast and as always would really appreciate if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps others find us and discover our episodes. Now, before we dive into today's episode, don't have too many life updates, Lex life updates. <laughs> um, we are, Nathan and the pups and I are going to Asheville this upcoming weekend, which I'm very excited about. I love Asheville. And if you have any recommendations of where to go, we're only there Friday evening through Sunday morning. But if you have any recommendations of places we should check out, let me know. Contact me somehow, Instagram, Facebook, in a review. Uh, let me know what I should check out. I'm hoping to find some new businesses to have on the podcast. So looking forward to that trip and that's about all that's new. Just working, living, the same old, same old. Uh, but I'm really excited for this episode. We have the founders and owners of Simon Says Dip This, Nathan and Audrey. At their shop in Durham, they sell vanilla ice cream that you can get dipped in one of their many flavors of dips. And they also have various toppings you can pair with your ice cream. On this episode, they walk us through their journey of first launching Simon Says Spread This and then opening their dipped ice cream shop over in Durham. It's a really awesome conversation and I really enjoyed hearing about their journey and their pieces of advice. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode and as always, happy listening. Let's hear from Nathan and Audrey. Welcome Nathan and Audrey. Thank you so much for being on Virtual Coffee today. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you. Um, I would, you know, love to just kick off by giving our audience an idea of your business. Simon says, "Dip this." Give us some context, maybe where the idea came from to create this business. Uh, just fill us in. Well, um, after Nathan graduated from Culinary Institute of America in 2010, we were kind of brainstorming ideas and directions that his career would go in. And one of the fun ideas that we came up with that we really didn't take very seriously was a dipped cone shop where you can have lots of different kinds of flavors of dips, maybe toppings for you know added texture. Because we both grew up with you know Dairy Queen dipped cones, and, and it was just kind of building on a classic idea. Um, but his career went off in a you know fine dining direction, and we just didn't you know take that idea very seriously. And then in 2017. We had taken a trip the previous year to Germany, and uh, we both lived in Europe at different times, and they have these nut butters there, similar to Nutella, but without chocolate, and um, just for any kind of nut you can think of, and Nathan's the kind of chef that, you know, when we taste something we like, he goes, oh, I can make that. So after we were in Germany, and we bought a bunch of jars of the, the different nut spreads, and I was like, oh, I wish we had these at home, and he said, well, I can make that. <laughs> so... We, so we bought the equipment, we started developing recipes and, and letting friends and family kind of taste the nut butters that we were making and they encouraged us to turn it into a business. So in 2017, we developed Simon Says Spread This and we have five different flavors of nut butters. There's orange hazelnut, cinnamon pecan, coconut cashew, vanilla malt macadamia, and lemon chill almond. 
And we started selling those around the Triangle in different shops and at different markets and things. And we had a, a great response. But the main question we would get is, what do you eat it on? And I would jokingly tell people a spoon. That's how, that's how I like to eat my nut butters. <laughs> and, um, but we were coming up with a photo shoot. Um, we were developing the website. And Nathan decided to melt it and pour it on ice cream. And it turns out it sets, kind of like magic shell. So we were like, you know, that idea we had years ago about the dip cone shop, maybe we had something here. And so we, um, in 2018, I started kind of writing the business plan and we started taking the idea a little more seriously. And yeah, so that's how, that's how I got started. Yeah. Excellent. I love the evolution here of random idea a few years ago to getting inspired to, from that trip to Germany, friends saying, let's sell this. I, I love that. And I find that's often the case where friends or family are like, oh, you should totally sell this. And the person's usually like, okay, yeah, let's give it a try. What was that like just giving that a try? Like, was that scary? Was it easy to just jump into local markets? Um, and then it evolved from there. Like, what was that moment like? It was a little scary. We didn't know exactly what to expect, but I think we got really lucky. We're in Durham Art Market. It's right here in downtown Durham, right next to the Farmer's Market. We were able to quickly get a spot with their their market on Saturday, and uh, we quickly went from, okay, let's start a business to being able to sell. That's probably not the typical approach with most people. They probably start off think about ideas for a long time and try to sell their first batch or first product for a long time before someone actually purchases it. Uh, but we had the advantage of being able to sell right away. The, the first market that we we did was able to pay for the equipment and, and uh, the ingredients that we used. Wow. And that was, uh, whatever you want to call it, luck, a blessing. <laughs> uh, we, we were very grateful that it was such a quick and easy transition from going from nothing to having a business. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's a, a great point too. Like the local markets we have here, I think probably really help out when, when people are just starting their business of getting their product out there to a bunch of people, right? And in, in one weekend, that's a, a really great point. I wonder if places like other cities and towns around the country have as many, I'm sure there are, but you know, like where I grew up in New Jersey, markets weren't like a common thing. So I, I'm sure there's places that definitely don't. And I wonder how that affects, you know, small business owners in, in different areas. It's just an interesting point. We're definitely at an advantage here in the Triangle. That there are so many opportunities for small businesses to start, start selling the products. I would totally agree. So now you guys are doing, like you said, Simon says dip this. And uh, you also sell the ice cream, right, at, at your location? Yeah, Simon Says Dip This is an ice cream shop, and then we also sell the nut butters from Simon Says Spread this year. Okay, so is that a difficult transition, going from nut butters to then ice cream? Because you also have to pull in the, the ice cream aspect of the business, right? Yes, I don't think it was difficult because okay. well, Nathan likes to say we're, we're a chocolate shop and just happen to serve ice cream because um, the way we're set up is... We've got soft serve ice cream, and it's just vanilla because we have 24 different chocolate dips to dip it in, and that's the flavor that goes with all those the best. So um, we became members of NICRA, which is the National Ice Cream Retailers Association, back in 2018. 
2019, and we went to their convention in Charleston. And they had, I don't know how many hundreds of vendors there from all different aspects of ice cream selling. So we were able to taste a lot of different soft serve bases and kind of you know, narrow down the ones that we liked, the ones that would work well with what we were doing. And so that was a great opportunity for us. Easily picked our favorite there. And then um, just tra- from our travels, you know, we've tried, we've been to all different kinds of ice cream shops and kind of seen how they work and picked out the aspects that we like and we think would work for our concept. And so once we sourced all the equipment and the product that we wanted to use, Nathan is a mad scientist in the kitchen, so he's always... <laughs> Always experimenting with recipes and, you know, things that we can do to kind of make our shop unique. And so, I don't know, just kind of, it happened naturally. It it was pretty easy. Yeah, I'm a a bit of a food science nerd. (laughs) I am constantly experimenting. And, of course, 90% of my experiments fail. But (laughs) we're also very picky. So uh, we'll uh, show some of our employees some you know, different flavored dips that I'm working on, and they say, oh, wow, that's great. would be like, eh, it's not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's awesome. That That's great to hear that it really happened naturally. I mean, that I think that's the best way for, for something to happen, right? And, and just a smooth transition into the whole ice cream thing as well and doing all the experiments and constantly creating new things. I just... I just think that's excellent. It sounds very fun. And uh, don't want to understate the importance of being members of uh, the National Ice Cream Retailers. Their slogan is ice cream people helping ice cream people. Mm. That's absolutely true. You know, I've cooked professionally for a long time, so we've been to lots of different food shows. And, you know, chefs kind of have their egos and they, they're not going to divulge any secrets. But going to the ice cream conference was completely different. You meet one person and you kind of tell them the concepts that you're interested in. They're like, oh, you should meet this person. They're in North Carolina and they're the, you know, they they do this and, you know, you need to go meet them here. But, you know, they drag you by the hand and introduce you to somebody. But it, it, it was completely different from, from what we were used to. A nice, uh, a breath of fresh air. Yeah, that's cool. I had, yeah, I had no idea that existed. That's excellent. I would love for you to dive into, you know, some of the the dips that you sell. Clearly, you know, you don't have to list off all of them, but just give us a taste, right? If if someone listening were to walk into your shop, like what's that experience like? What options do they have? Just give us a little taste of that. We kind of have an assembly line the way it's set up. So they can choose a cup or a cone or an ice cream cookie sandwich. And then um, it's just vanilla soft serve. We have both dairy and non-dairy. And then we have 24 different chocolate-based dips. Half of those dips are dairy, half of them are non-dairy. Nathan has been able to create the non-dairy dips from freeze-dried fruit, for example, or from nuts that he turns into a paste and then turns into a dip. Cookie butter is a really popular one that he was able to turn into a dip. So they can choose any one of those dips. And then we have 21 different toppings that they can add to it for a little more flavor and texture. So some of the popular ones are like the cheesecake dip, and we add freeze-dried strawberries and golden grams to it, or a cookies and cream dip with Oreos on top. Or That's classic. Right now, my favorite is the key lime dip with golden grams. That tastes like lemon pie. So it's very much a, a create your own adventure in dessert form. 
And then, you know, a lot of people will kind of stare at the menu and there are so many choices, they don't know where to start. So then we have to kind of, well, what kind of desserts do you like? Are you more chocolate? Are you more fruit? Are you something in between? And then we can kind of guide them and help them to, to create something they're really going to enjoy. That all sounds so good. I love the the customization, like pick and choose. I love when you can do that at, at places, especially dessert places. I can't wait to visit. And tell our, our audience exactly where you're located. So uh, we're in downtown Durham at 117 West Parish. We're right next to Loke Bakery. If there's a line for ice cream, which there usually is, I'd recommend going into Loke getting a cannelay, the traditional French pastry. You can eat that while you're waiting in line for ice cream. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, I can't wait to come and try it. Yeah, all sounds so amazing. And that's great that there's usually a line. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Wonderful. So wanted to, you know, kind of dive back into your journey of launching this business. And you, you know, did a really good job of walking us through the steps and the stages of it. Curious if there are any major challenges that stand out in, in your mind that you faced along the way, or even advice you have for other small business owners. Just what are those kind of moments in time that that really stick out along your journey? There are lots of challenges along the way. I think, you know, every time we would take a step forward, there were two steps back. Um, after, it took probably three to four months to complete the business plan. And then um, then we had to decide where we wanted to be in the triangle. We were thinking downtown Raleigh. We weren't sure about Durham. We you know, were just kind of not sure where the best location would be because the success of a small business is 95% location. So we looked around downtown Raleigh, we looked in Chapel Hill, we looked around Durham, talked to commercial realtors, they kind of showed us some spaces that you know, we wouldn't necessarily have known if we were not originally from here. And Nathan and I both worked in, in downtown Durham for several years and we kind of thought, well, you know, we're familiar with this community, we like the restaurants here, let's kind of focus on Durham. And then... Um, we found a space probably like three blocks from where we are now that we really liked. We got all the way to signing the lease and they realized there's another uh, shop in their building that has exclusivity on all desserts. So we couldn't sign obviously because we're going to make a lot of money on dessert. <laughs> we couldn't be in there. So we um, started looking again and I just drove around town just kind of like seeing where people are kind of seeing where they're gathering, where the post-foot traffic is. And then I drove by one city center where Bodega is, and they actually sell their nut butter there. And there were several empty spaces at the bottom of the building, and I thought, hmm, let's, let's kind of look into that and see what that's about. So I contacted our realtor, and she found out all the information for us, and everything was just like, this is perfect, it's a great spot, it's the right price, it's the right size. So we started with that process. We found the bank to give us a business loan. Everything seemed to be going well. And then 2020 hit. And we we had already signed the lease at that point once the pandemic really got going down here. So we were kind of worried about, you know, are we going to have to start paying rent before we're even open? And the bank was a little panicky about, you know, working with us since we were a startup. And, you know, they weren't sure what things were going to be like financially with the pandemic. And so... After we had actually paid the architect, we had the general contractor, the permits were approved, everything was ready to go, and the bank pulled out. So then we had to put that on hold, find another bank to give us the, the business loan. 
that took a few months. That 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 was a really difficult process actually finding a bank who was willing to work with a startup. Um, and we weren't asking for that much as far as businesses go, but I think the combination of we didn't really have a business history because this was this would be our first brick and mortar, and the pandemic was kind of a double whammy there. But we finally found a bank. Southern First decided to take a chance on us, so we were able to get that loan in. January of this year, and then we were able to start construction February, and then we opened in May. So, and of course, there were always construction delays too, um, mostly because the pandemic is affecting shipping of goods and products. And, but like I said, it, we there were a lot of setbacks along the way. But we ended up opening right at the time where the the mask and social distancing mandates were gotten rid of. We could open in 100% capacity. It's summertime. Everybody's happy to be out. You know, everybody loves ice cream. It's a happy food. They're happy to come in here and, you know, sample our product. And it was frustrating at the time, but it all worked out to our bit. Yeah, for sure. And I, I really appreciate you diving into some of those challenges along the way, because especially right on on social media and everything, you really only see the successes and the wins, which makes sense. But I, I just appreciate you diving into some of those challenges because I'm sure plenty, if not all small business owners are experiencing something similar in, in one way or another. And I think it's just helpful to hear some of the things that you were able to overcome right throughout throughout the process. And with all that, you know, like the bank stuff and and all these detailed challenges that you had to figure out. Did you have a background in business or in owning a business? Or did you have to all figure that out on your own as, as you progressed? Well, um, I would say it was mostly on our own. We did have some experience with owning Simon Says Fredness. Right. Although that, that wasn't a brick and mortar, so that, you know, that wasn't a huge financial burden. We did have a good friend who is a banking lawyer. So we had a lot of good advice from her. She was quite significant helping us, you know, get the business plan written and kind of, you know, if she wasn't able to give us the advice we needed, she was able to point us in the direction of the right people to contact. And then, it, honestly, it's it's all about people. I mean, we, we had the right architect, the right general contractor. You know, if, if we needed anything, they would say, oh, go talk to this person or, you know, this company can help you with that. And so it's it's really all about having the right network and support. Yeah, that's definitely a theme on on this podcast is the community and leveraging others who you know, you know, who are experts in XYZ and not being afraid to ask and ask other small business owners how they accomplished it. So yeah, appreciate that piece of advice for sure. Any other pieces of, of advice that come top of mind, right? For someone who's just starting out or is a business owner, any other top pieces of advice you'd like to share? Whatever inventory you think you need to open with, because <laughs> we we never expected to be as busy as we are i mean we have line down the block every day and we just we never expected to be that busy we thought you know as an ice cream cup you know people just had to walk in occasionally and get some ice cream we didn't i mean we knew we'd be the new kid on the block for a while but it, the response has been overwhelming and the community here in durham is so supportive of local businesses so i think yeah make sure you triple your inventory when you first open so that you're not scrambling to run to the stores every morning before you open to get the things you need or having to order <laughs> and wait for back orders and deliveries and things like that. <laughs> then I would say there are going to be 
challenges and, and obstacles. And they might, might not be easy to overcome, but when you have a clear vision and goal that you can focus on, it makes the challenges a little bit more bearable. You can focus on what you're trying to do, what you're focusing on. And that's life in general. Having a, you know, a, a purpose in life makes hardships more bearable. <laughs> and I think with that also being adaptable because, you know, you have an idea of how you want things to work, but in practical application, you know, not every aspect is going to work because people are involved, obviously. So you have to be adaptable. You have to be resourceful. You have to be willing to, you know, make the small changes that are going to make your, your business, your process work. You know, even though it might not be what you had envisioned at first, you've got to be adaptable and amenable mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. I think there's a great balance there that you guys brought up of your why behind your your business or your life uh, or your purpose or mission should really be strong and really shouldn't change. Um, But to your point, Audrey, of adjusting and being able to adapt perhaps your goals or specific actions or tasks, like being able to fluctuate there is very important. Yeah, I love that balance you guys brought up there. And what are your uh, future ideas for Simon Says Dip This or even your personal future goals, right? It seems that Simon Says is really your focus right now. Um, But do you have any major milestones for the business or for yourselves that you're hoping to achieve in the future? Well, we'd like to have multiple locations. Eventually, we, we would love for this to kind of be our legacy. I really admire the ice cream shops, Salt and Straw and Jenny's Splendid Ice Creams. You know, they have a great product. They've got a great business model. And they're chef-driven. They're chef-driven, which is really important. And, you know, we, we maybe within the next couple of years, we'd like to have another location somewhere in the Triangle, like maybe downtown Raleigh. I think that would be a good spot. And then maybe Charlotte or Wilmington. And then after that, neighboring states. And, you know, we'll see where it goes from there. That's great. So... Hoping to almost right is that like a franchise model? Yeah, like having other locations. Is that correct? Or correct me if I'm wrong. There. Uh, well, franchising would be kind of having other people buy the concept, run it themselves, and then we wouldn't really have anything to do with it. You know, kind of like you know your fast food chains. I think right now our focus would be to own the multiple locations ourselves. That may change. I mean, we haven't done a lot of research into franchising. But I think right right now our focus would be to just own it ourselves. Yep. Yeah, steps are quite particular. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting too, how you scale. Because Nathan, right, you do a lot of the uh, creation and baking and making of all, all the dips and spreads. So that'd be interesting how you scale that, kind right. of bring on a team. Do you have a team right now helping you out? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm the sous chef now and then. <laughs> 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 I do everything, including wash all the dishes. Okay, okay. <laughs> full full cycle, full experience. <laughs> That's interesting. No, really looking forward to seeing where, where you take it. That's very exciting. And kind of diving into a little bit of a different topic. What are your best practices for balancing all of this? The business, life, family, other hobbies. Um, how do you not let the business just encompass 24 seven, like your entire life, or maybe you do. And that's, and that's the path you're taking, but any best practices there or tips and tricks for others kind of struggling with that, that balance aspect. 
That's a good question. <laughs> um, yeah, right now I would say there's not a balance. I mean, we we knew going into this that we would be the two running it, and we wanted to see what a year would look like financially before we add team members to help us run it. Because we we need to know, you know, what our busy times are, what our slow times are, and what we can afford to pay, you know, a manager or an actual sous chef in the kitchen. Um, so I think. Just accepting the fact that we were going to be here 24-7, essentially. I mean, we always joke that we should throw some hammocks in the kitchen and just live here. But, I mean, we accepted that. We knew that's what we were getting into. We've both been in the restaurant industry for many years, and, and it's not it's not a surprise that it takes all our time, all our effort to make sure everything's running smoothly, to make sure it's running the way we want it to be run. So, I mean, that balance will come later once we <laughs> hire people to help us. But I think, you know, going into it, knowing that this is going to consume all of your time in the beginning, probably at least for the first year or two, it's just, I think that helps. Just accepting that fact, especially when you want to build a brand like that, it's going to take that kind of sweat equity to get it up and running. Yeah, we weren't surprised by the uh, 14 to 16 hour days, six days a week. We were ready for it. Well, we were expecting, we weren't ready for it. Yeah, good good distinction there. <laughs> no, that's that's great. It sounds like you really set your expectations, right? And that's probably the most important thing is saying, yeah, we want to see what it's like with just us for a year so we can properly plan for the future and just knowing, yep, this is going to take a lot of blood, sweat and tears and we're right like like you said, maybe not fully ready for it, but you're expecting it and and you're ready to buckle down and and do it. So yeah, that's probably the most important thing is just setting those expectations and what you want to get out of it. Not to sound that's- too uh, cheesy, but we usually focus on the six P's, proper prior planning for most perfect performance. And yeah, it, it's it's absolutely true. Absolutely true. I was a Boy yeah. Scout growing up, so the, the Boy Scout motto, be prepared, has, has mm. been... <laughs> it's, yeah. it's my life motto, especially yeah. Like if you're not prepared, you're you're drowning. I love that, and the six P's and frameworks. Frameworks work for a reason, right? That's that's great, excellent. And when is when is your business open? I think you said six days a week. Just give our our audience the times, just so they know when when they can come visit. Absolutely, we're open six days a week. We're closed on Sunday, our rest day. Monday through Thursday, we're open from noon until ten, and then. Friday and Saturday were open from noon until 11. Okay, excellent. Yeah, like I said, I'm really looking forward to checking you guys out. We're in Wake Forest, um, so it's pretty easy drive over. And I'll, I am such a dessert lover. Like, sweets are my thing. So <laughs> this is right up my alley, and I, I can't wait. <laughs> awesome. So uh, the last question I end all my episodes with, and of course would love to hear both of your answers on this, is, in this moment, what is your proudest accomplishment? And of course, it, it can be your business or can be on a completely different topic. Just kind of that first thing that pops in your mind of what your proudest accomplishment is so far. For me, I would think it's our relationship. I mean, we work really well together. We want to be together. So this is a good opportunity to be together all the time. We both know each other's weaknesses and strengths. And we you know we're able to allow the person to shine in the areas of strength to help them out in the areas of weakness and we're both kind of on the same page we have the same goal we both want this to succeed we both know where we want it to go and we work on that together yeah audrey stole my answer <laughs> <laughs> no uh, it's absolutely true i think 
proudest accomplishment is finding someone that challenges me and, and helps me become better on, on every aspect of life. Um, a lot of chefs idolize Thomas Keller, uh, but he is three Michelin star chef. He's very talented, but uh, he admits that the smartest thing he's ever done is hire people that are are smarter than him. Finding someone to to work with that they can bounce ideas off of and tell you when you <laughs> are being stupid. <laughs> you know, it also has the <laughs> not afraid to tell you when you're making a mistake. That's that's been incredible for me. Both amazing, amazing accomplishments, and it's incredible to see what what you've built so far together. And to your point, like you guys are so strong together and you can really tell in what you've built and and the results of that relationship. So really looking forward to seeing, like I said, where, where you take Simon says dip this and all your, your future accomplishments and congratulations on everything you've achieved so far. It's really incredible. Before we wrap up here, would love to know where uh, people can find you guys on social medias, your website, et cetera, shout them all out. So it's Simon's, and that's at the end, says dip this.com. And then Instagram is at Simon says dip this. Facebook, Simon says dip this. And uh, Twitter, that Simon says dip. Excellent. Well, I hope everyone listening checks them out um, over in Durham. And thank you so much, uh, Nathan and Audrey, for speaking with me this morning. I'll let you guys get back to opening your shop because I know that's, <laughs> that's soon. But I really appreciate you taking the time. This right. has thank been you. awesome. It was a pleasure. Thanks a lot. Awesome. Thank you.